The other day, a friend asked me about the next recession and what I thought was going to happen. So I broke out my crystal ball and explained exactly when it would happen and what it would look like. Just kidding. But did you know there is a somewhat hazy crystal ball out there that does paint us a picture of the future of the U.S. economy? It's called the Leading Economic Indicator Index. And we're going to dig into it next on Money Speak. Greetings one and all and welcome to the show today. I am your host, Mike Pruitt, Certified Financial Planner with MBE Wealth Management here in beautiful Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Today's episode is definitely more focused on the technical side of finance as we dig into what's known as the LEI and how we can use it to forecast recessions. So let's start with a bit of history, shall we? Most people listening probably either went through it or have learned about it, but the last recession was quite a doozy, right? So technically the starting and ending dates are recorded as December of 07 to June of 2009. I remember it like it was yesterday because I had just started my career in 2006. So just when I thought I knew what was going on, the housing market bubbled and collapsed when the subprime mortgage market imploded. That led to a domino effect that rippled throughout the globe, causing you know a lot of the U.S.'s oldest and largest financial institutions like Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, AIG to all collapse. The government stepped in and responded with this unprecedented $700 billion bailout and a nearly trillion dollar fiscal stimulus package. And, you know, the U.S. and ultimately the rest of the world pulled out of the nosedive and haven't looked back. And here we are almost 10 years after the official end of the last recession. And the obvious question has to be, when is the next one? So nobody can see the future, but we do have data that can give us a feel for what could be happening. And that's what I want to talk about today. So, you know, just as it's it's very difficult to predict exactly when it'll rain in a specific area, a few days out, we can see things on the radar that tell us storms are approaching. So today I'm going to discuss what's known as the Leading Economic Indicator Index, or LEI for short. And this indicator is comprised of 10 mini indicators. And like the dashboard of your car, each indicator or gauge tells us something different. But collectively, it can give us an overall view of how our vehicle is running and if we need to be concerned or not. So Let's start with what the LEI is. So there is an organization out there known as the Conference Board. It's a nonprofit global think tank, and it focuses on business and economic research and analysis. The organization itself is over 100 years old, but it wasn't until the mid-90s when they introduced three indexes that track different types of economic indicators. They called them leading, lagging, and coincidental indicator indexes. And the idea was pretty simple. You know, what if we took a group of indicators that tend to tell us about the economic cycle and combine them into one number? So that makes sense to me, right? So what's the difference between them? Well, what the board has done is they've taken 21 factors and split them up accordingly. So the leading index consists of 10, the lagging consists of 7, and the coincidental consists of 4. Right, so what's the difference between these three? Well, the leading talks about you know where we're going as an economy. The lagging 
as you can imagine, is is where we've been, and the coincidental actually is is where we are currently. So I always think about it like a, a train, and that the leading the leading indicator index is your locomotive, right? That's the front end of what is happening, and that lagging indicator would be your your caboose. So today's focus is just on the leading index and if we can use it to start answering the question from the beginning that my buddy asked which is when is the next recession so you know as I mentioned a little bit ago the LEI consists of 10 components so that's where I want to start today is just running through those okay so the first two indicators look at employment data and those are the average workweek hours for manufacturing and average weekly unemployment claims and so obviously what we're looking at here is if the economy is humming along, manufacturers are having their employees work more hours, and overall around the U.S., weekly unemployment claims should be lower. When things start to slow down, those same claims move up, and the manufacturers begin to reduce hours. The next three indicators look at orders for goods, but from a few different vantage points. So indicator number three looks at orders that consumers are placing with manufacturers, the fourth indicator looks at what types of goods and equipment manufacturers are ordering to meet their demands. And the fifth indicator looks at the level of supplies businesses are ordering. So if you think about this big picture, it all makes sense. So I'll share a story that I think sums up these three indicators. A good friend of mine works as a purchasing manager for a company in Chicago that makes steel cabling for a number of different applications. So back in 05, when things were humming along, they could barely keep up with their orders, right? The indicator number three. Now his job was to source the steel for the orders and he worked relentlessly to go out and purchase the stock for those, which is indicator number four. And whatever he needed to fill those orders, his boss gave to him, software, computers, etc. So there's indicator five. But when things started slowing down, he saw it first. The pile of orders on his desk got smaller he had less purchasing to do, and the company started buckling down on what it spent money on. And when you know what, we moved right into the Great Recession of 08. So, all right, so there's, there's five indicators right there. So let's look at number six, new housing permits. And this one is pretty simple. You know, to build a new house, you have to pull a permit. That one house, in turn, keeps not only the people building the house employed, but the people at the lumberyard, the shingle company, the company that builds the flooring and so on and so forth. So new construction has an insane domino effect around the country. So now the next series of indicators, seven, eight, and nine, have to do with the financial markets. So seven is the stock market, simply the, the performance of the S&P 500 for the given month. Number eight is the leading credit index, which basically is gauging the health of the credit markets. And number nine is the famous or infamous, depending on how you view it, yield curve. And there's been a lot of talk about the yield curve lately due to the recent inversion, you know, which is usually a stand up and take notice moment in the financial world. Um, so, all right, so we've got nine of 10. The last one is a combination of the consumer sentiment report and the consumer confidence report. So 
I have a very deep interest in behavioral finance and I find this one to be one of the most interesting because it really is just looking at how people feel. You know, and if you think, I personally, I think we're creatures of self-fulfilling prophecy, meaning if you think bad things will happen, it's going to happen. And if you think good things will happen, guess what? It does. So this indicator tells us what people think is going to happen and, and how they feel about about things out there in general. Okay, so there's your 10. So let's sum them up and move on. So we have a few that look at how much people are working, a few that look at what's happening within manufacturing, one that looks at housing, three that look at the financial market, and finally one that looks at how we feel out there. And you put it all together and they come up with a number, which as of the latest release was 111.9. Right. So now to provide you with a frame of reference, at the start of 2016, it was 100. And coming out of the Great Recession, it was in the mid-70s. So there's a great graph summary on this, by the way. If you just Google the leading economic indicator index from Conference Board, when you go to their initial website, in the top right-hand corner of the page is a press release and summary. If you click and open that PDF, there's a great graph. And, and I try to tell people, don't get too caught up in the number itself. Like I said, 111.9 versus 100. The direction of the graph is what's more important. So, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later because I think it is important to, to kind of watch for something within that, uh, in that little report. So anyway, now... If we go back to the mid-90s, since this rolled out, the LEI has moved sideways and then southward in advance of both recessions. So now, to be fair, it, it has also done this in advance of no recessions. So we do have to be careful with false indicators. But let's, let's take a look at what happened before the last two, and then we'll look at where we're at right now. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, the last recession officially started in December of 07, and ended June of 2009. So interestingly enough, when you go look at that chart, and, and if you pull it up, you'll actually see it does have gray bars on it that represent when the recessions start and end. And you'll be able to see the line graph of the LEI along with actually the coincidental indicator index on top of the recessions. So it gives you a nice view of you know, of, of how the indexes move relative to the recessions. And so what we see is the LEI started moving sideways and then turned downward about a year before the start of the recession. And it turned on its current upward trajectory in early 2009, about six months before the official end of the recession. And if we look back at the 01 recession, which was nothing compared to 08, by the way, this was March of 01 to November of 01. And same thing, the LEI started moving downward in the fall of 2000 and started upward again in the summer of 01. So in both of the, these last two recessions, the side then south movement preceded a recession. And that's what we want to watch for. Now, again, in fairness, we saw a sideways move in 2015 for a while, but we didn't actually see the move down. And that's, I think, what you want to look for. So the bottom line is, this isn't going to pre predict exactly when a recession will happen, but it certainly can give us clues, you know, as to storms on the horizon. So, 
So where are we at right now? Well, I thought what we could do is is I'll break down you know some of these indicators and really look at the numbers kind of over the last six months, and you can kind of see what what we have is some factors are staying the same, some are getting stronger, and some are actually weakening. So now compare that to when I looked at this probably eight nine months ago, what we saw were eight out of the ten were actually on their way up. So. It's interesting because there definitely seems like things are slowing down. So let's dig into the indicators a little bit with the average workweek production workers manufacturing hours. So six months ago, September of 18, that number was sitting at 42.1. It's at 41.7. So there's indicator one, flat. Indicator two, the average weekly initial claims for state unemployment insurance 212.7 in September, 213.8 right now. So again, I would say that's flat. Now, we're into the manufacturing series, right? The next three. So manufacturers, new orders, consumer goods and materials went from 138 down to 137. Again, downward a little bit, but flat for the most part. Now the ISM new orders index. This is that one I was talking about with my friend that you know, he's ordering based on the new orders coming into him. So this is definitely an indicator I like to watch. That new orders index 61.5 six months ago, down to 57.4 now. So again, there's your, you're starting to move down there. Uh, the last one, the manufacturers new orders, non-defense capital goods, 39.6 to 39.1. So again, a little down, but you could pretty much say flat there. So uh, certainly seen, you know, so far in the five indicators we've looked at, uh, if it's either flat or downward. And the only one with the sharp, what I would consider sharp downward is that new orders index. So, all right. So number six, building permits. So 1,000, so 1,270. Now, again, this is in thousands. So 1.2 million in September. Uh, 1.27 million to 1.29 million now. So that number definitely, again, not huge, but on the uptrend. So that brings us to 789, which if you remember this series is focused on the financials. So stock prices, the S&P 500, six months ago at 2901, now at 2803, so down a little bit, but not by too much. Leading credit index, negative 1.12 in September, uh, trickling down a little bit to negative 0.9 now. And then the interest rate spread, which this is the 10-year treasury rate less the Fed funds rate. So when we look at this in September, that was 1.05 was the difference. That spread is now narrowed down to 0.16. So when we see that narrowing, this is what we talk about with the flattening of the yield curve. So don't worry about the technical side of this. Uh, we're going to do a, a yield curve podcast coming up here pretty soon. But just know that that direction tells us that economic conditionings might be tightening up on us a little bit. So that leads us to number 10, which is the feel-good feelings indicator, right? And that's the, you know, what we they call the consumer expectations for business conditions, which again is a combination of confidence and sentiment. So, um, 0.93 in September and 0.54 now. So, again, a number that's starting to show that 
people aren't maybe feeling as good as they were six months ago. You know, so when you put this all together, you know, what do you see? We've got certain areas that are flat. Housing continues to look good. You know, we have a couple things moving downward, but not by too much. So, you know, I, I think all in all, what this tells me, and you can actually see it when you look at the graph, the graph is flat the last couple months. You know, it's we've got that sideways movement starting, which puts folks like me on a little bit of an alert to say, okay, let's start watching what's going to happen here. And if we start to see a downtrend, does that start indicating to us that, hey, there's, there's storm clouds on the horizon? So, you know, we'll see what happens. It's something that we're going to keep an eye on. And, you know, maybe we'll do another podcast in, in six months or so and, and kind of revisit this. But I really think if you really want to dig into more and understand more about the economy, this is definitely an index to watch and understand these components. Really, I, I think the Confidence Board does an amazing job on their website with all three of the indexes. So if you want a good little basic lesson in, in how the economy works and things that you can look for, you know, the, the media out there is going to put a lot... I would say they're going to put different data out in front of people. One of them, just as a sidebar, one of the most commonly quoted pieces of data out there is the unemployment rate. Yet, if you pull that up, you'll see that that's one of the most obvious lagging indicators. And if you go back to the train analogy and think of unemployment in that aspect, by the time unemployment starts spiking up, the train has already hit you, you know, so... I don't pay much attention to that one at all. And actually, if you go back and look at the unemployment rates coming out of the Great Recession, you know, we spiked on unemployment a year plus, if not longer, than when the recession ended. So again, those are your lagging indicators. So I would suggest anybody listening, if you want to learn more about the economy and, and how to start kind of sorting through some of this data that you read, Find this on the conference board website and start to understand more about what indicators tell us what's coming versus what is happening versus what's already happened. So anyway, that will do it for the show today. Uh, pretty short and sweet, but you know I, I don't like to drone on and on and on from these technical shows. So you know, as always, I want to thank you for listening and for checking us out. So if you've got questions or comments on this podcast or want to hear us talk about something else, please, you know, send me an email, find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find me, you can find our firm on LinkedIn, our websites, www.mbewealth.com. You can check us out there. Um, Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Help us get some traction, and we appreciate the support. So uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Thanks. Money Speak is hosted by MBE Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Views expressed in this show are of the hosts and guests only. Information contained in this show should not be considered investment advice, tax advice, or personal recommendations. Consult your financial or tax professional with questions. Advice may only be provided after entering into an advisory agreement with MBE Wealth Management.